everyone. I'm Alex, and I'm the hands behind Lovecraft Crochet, my plush user for the anxious, depressed, autistic, and neurodivergent. Small enough to travel in a purse, backpack, diaper bag, or even your pocket. You can check out my Facebook page or TikTok to see what patterns are available, and stay tuned for the new ones coming out. I also make hats, scarves, blankets, and dice bags for the tabletop gamer or dice goblin in your life. Feel free to order through the page, TikTok DMs, or via email at love.craft.crochet at gmail.com. Now, on to the segment. Due to the graphic and disturbing nature of the crimes discussed, listener discretion is advised. Retrostatic Radio presents Killing 15 Minutes. Hello and welcome to Killing 15 Minutes, where we will give you your serial killer fix in 15 minutes or less, or your podcast is free. I'm Sam Rossi, and shortly I'll be handing a poorly written synopsis of a serial killer to my brother, who hasn't read it, on a serial killer he's most likely hasn't heard of. This should be fun. Good luck, bro. Thanks, Sam. Kim Dae-doo was a South Korean serial killer who went on a 55-day killing spree of 17 people in 1975. Born November 17th, 1949... In rural Kyonggam County, in rural Kyonggam County, South Jola Province of South Korea, Kim was the eldest of three sons and four daughters, in a poor family. His parents had aspirations for him, wanting to send him to a top-class middle school in a big city and eventually study abroad. However, he failed his exams and had no special skills. As a result. Kim developed an inferiority complex and turned to petty crime. He would be jailed for assault and evidence tampering. Wow, evidence tampering? Evidence tampering. Ah, I think that might be the first one I that we've covered right. so far. That, Like, there's been a lot of petty crimes, you know, assault, burglary. Yeah, and evidence tampering is not one of them. You're right. He attempted to be an honest man after his release. However, as we know, felons don't have it easy. So he became resentful and believed society had wronged him. What started as a simple burglary of an elderly couple on August 13th, 75, in a... in Guan Yu ended with a husband dead and the wife nearly before she fled into the night. Before he fled into the night. All you said was before fleeing into the night. Him. Are you sure? The look on your face says no. But yes, usually the people fleeing into the night are not the victims. Correct. While riding a train to Sunchan, he met Kim Ho Woon. Kim Too was a fellow felon. Kim Too? Kim Too. Was a fellow felon who agreed to help in the next attack. Six days later, they entered a shop in Mongtiang, Muan County, killing the elderly couple owners along with her seven-year-old grandson. After the murders, they hopped a train to Seoul. They planned to rob a house there. However, they parted ways in Seoul. Kim Dae-do killed a 60-year-old mom on September 7th in Seoul's Jongyang district. On September 25th, he killed an elderly woman and her three grandchildren in remote countryside near Pyeongchak. You know, when your nose is stuffy, it's really hard 
to get some of these Southeast Asian names. Sorry. It's not your fault. It's the weather. It's November in New York. My nose is bad. His next attack happened on September 27th with the murder of a family of three. Three days later, he murdered a mother and child. On October 2nd, Kim killed a young couple in Suquan. The following day, he attempted to kill a caddy at a golf course in Suan, but he survived. Kim fled back to Seoul, where he attempted to convince another felon in the Da Bong district to join him. The young man instead stole Kim's belongings and tried to run. Kim caught him, killed him, and then stole his pants. Okay. The jeans were covered in blood. Okay. The jeans were covered in blood, so Kim went to a laundromat nearby. When asked where the blood came from by the proprietor of the laundry, Kim claimed he had been in a fight, and it's from a nosebleed. Ha Gyon Ba, the proprietor, found this pretty sus, bro, and called the cops. Kim was then arrested and taken to the police station. Kim retold the same claim that it was a nosebleed. At some point, he changed his story that he was attacked by local thugs. In order to verify his story, detectives started questioning the usual suspects. The local thugs did not know Kim or of any attack. Cops then deduced that Kim might be a serial killer, or rather just a regular killer. This led to cops increasing pressure to get the real cause of the bloodstains. He cracked and told all, including about Kim too. Two days later, he was ordered to show every location of his murders. Rumor has it that he acted arrogantly during the procedure, chewing gum and laughing along the way. During the investigation, it was noted that Kim targeted isolated, impoverished houses. Little money was actually stolen, which was deliberate as cops focused more on upper and middle class robberies. In total, he stole a little bit more than $26,000 in all of his crimes. At their initial trial, both Kims were convicted with murder, rape, robbery, and attempted robbery, and sentenced to death. At a follow-up trial, Kim Too's sentence was commuted to life imprisonment. The judge saw that Kim Too was only involved with one of the murders. Our main Kim would be converted to Christianity and then would later repent for his actions. On December 28, 1976, though, Kim was hung at Seodae Moon Prison in Seoul. He would leave a will behind. Most notably, he, was re he requested that keeping first-time offenders away from harder criminals to keep the first-time offender from reoffending was a necessity. And I actually agree with that. And that was the case of Kim Dae-do. Um, I actually like when we do these shorter ones because it does set a very good baseline, I think, is... You know what I mean? It's not one of the super special ones where it's like like last week with Adolfo Costanzo, you know what I mean? Where I, where went, it's into like, I went into details, though, about you certain did. things, though. You went into details. We had cartels. We had voodoo. We had cross-pollination of ideologies. You know, we had a lot of... While his case isn't special in that, you know, weirdos, sorry, but, you know, 
atypical brains or atypical personalities join religion and then religious fervor becomes a thing that drives negative actions. Okay. That could have been the most political way I stated that, but the most uh, PR way I stated that. Yeah. Yeah. Because some people do, you know, join a religion and become very nice and good and all that junk. But Kim is perfect in that he is an escalating, while while he is a serial killer, it's not going to be like, you know, uh, Pim Nate slip Slickback we did there forever ago, who was like, yeah, he killed two bra, you know, two of his girls, but I wouldn't count that as serial killer. That was more on, that was more job based application but where this you know his parents had high hopes for him he did not meet those so he started getting angrier he did you know he couldn't get the break in life so he had to go into petty crime you know and the the train followed is while he is a serial killer because he didn't have to kill those people no he chose to because it made it slightly easier i'm assuming I would assume. But, you know, and, and honestly, the biggest takeaway from it, I do actually I do actually think that he's very correct in what he said in his will. That you should keep first-time offenders or, you know, small petty criminals away from the harder criminals. Yep. Because the harder criminals will then mold those first-timers or, you know, small ones into... Something more than what they really were. Right. However, I'm also of the mindset that exile should become an actual thing again. Where are we exiling people to? Well, there's a thing. I don't give a damn. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I don't mean exile. (laughs) What I mean is exile is a terrible word to say because it's not like we're sending them all to Siberia or, you know. We don't have a Siberia. Well, we do, technically. We have several Siberias. We have Alaska. We have New York in January. Yeah, sure. From 10 years ago, because the last couple winters have been very global warming conscious. But anyways, what I mean is, like for this, this is, you know, he, he tried pulling other people in to make life easier, you know. But when it comes to, especially when it comes to, like, areas a lot of people uh uh, uh, it's recidivism i believe when they reoffend. the word you use does not compute i believe the word is correct though okay but they they re they reoffend because once they're out of jail they go back to their usual area right with this new information with new information, that means they can either have new contacts from jail, so now all of a sudden their petty little crime ring can grow, or they're just being plopped back directly into the situation that made them offend in the first place. You know, be it the same people, because, you know, even you brought it up in the thing, felons, or even anyone in jail, have a hard fucking time. Yep. And... I know this is in South Korea, but the same basics apply globally. I would agree. I mean, you know, for different things, like I know uh, Finland or Sweden or whoever actually try to rehabilitate 
There what is people... this word you use? Well, I believe it's called communism, if we ask the Republicans. Because, But it is about, you know... And it really is the problem with jail. I don't want to say it because it's not how it's going to sound. But it's the problem where prisons work if there's a point to it. Instead of just being intense time out. You know what I mean? I see what you're saying. You know, I mean, we've had a few people... Uh, fuck. I want to say, like, 80% of all the cases we've covered so far have been... Uh, maybe not 80, like 70 or so. But have been petty criminals extending their reach. Do I need to get a big board... You know, at some point we will have to figure. You have to actually get uh, us a murder board up in here. Yeah. No. <laughs> but it is one of those things where it's like, again, this is a lot of us, me bringing America into it. I'm assuming a South Korean prison in the uh, '70s is not going to be a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm assuming. I'm assuming that anything, prisons in any decade is, you know, No, and especially in the 70s and 80s, abroad was a very big breakdown of who gives a fuck they're criminals. Yeah. Even today, it's usually who Who gives gives a a fuck fuck they're they're criminals. criminals. You know, the dude who stole a fucking backpack is on par with the dude who shot and killed a couple. Criminal is a criminal is a criminal sort of thing. I gotcha. But that's why I say I think exile is a good idea. Instead of, you know, having someone in jail 30 years for a drug-related crime, let's say. You give them even a tenth of what the taxpayers have to pay to keep them in prison to essentially move to, not necessarily a gated community, but not be there. Does that make sense? I see what you're saying, yeah. You know, and you make it you make it that, you know, as part of your whatever the fuck, you have, can have no contact. Maybe a letter. Or you know what I mean? Essentially a you're not we're not paying for you to expand your drug trade. It is you know we we do the Fresh Prince of Bel Air except without sending them to rich family in Bel Air. You got one. You get, you get into a fight, and you're gone. Not fully, like you know what I mean. Hey, in six months you can come back. Hey, in a year, some people will take that opportunity and never fucking contact New York again. For instance, you know what I mean. Right. Because hey, now they're out of it. Now they have, you know, a fresh start. Because fresh starts can help. Yeah. You know, be it in a therapeutic way or be it in a criminal sense. You know, if the only reason you're dealing dope on the corner is because, you know, your friend Bugsy asked you to, or because, you know, he was involved, so I had to be involved. I can't get out now. It's a very similar... But anyways, that's not really here nor there, is it? Uh, So yeah, after that long-winded rant about how exiles should come back, what do you think about uh, Kim Dae-woo there? Or, sorry, Dae-doo. Dae-doo. You're too stunned for this. No. Probably. 
but uh, he 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 was a petty criminal that escalated because he did. No, that's very true. He did, and does that make him one of our more interesting people? No. No. Is he still more interesting than uh, Raymond Lasser? Oh yes. God, is he the was he the beigest of beige? Beigest of beige. Well, I'm AJ Carey. I'm Sam Rossi. Later, y'all. Killing 15 Minutes is hosted by Arthur Carey, with scripts written and researched by Sam Rossi. If you like this episode or want to stay updated on this series, consider following Killing 15 Minutes on Patreon or Retrostatic Radio on all major social media platforms. Good night. And God bless. You're watching Retro Static Radio.